Welcome to Hold the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr. Joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Eon. Hi, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. And Wontkins is joining us tonight. Hi, I'm Wontkins, and I'm Wontkins on Tumblr. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wontkins, for being with us this evening. Yeah, you're welcome. No problem. <laughs> Uh, no biggie. Uh, we're covering Game of Thrones Season 6, Episode 5, um, called, entitled The Door. I don't think this was what we had in mind with our dedication title for an episode. No, Game of Thrones is just trolling us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. This is what I expect from Game of Thrones. Just to find random podcasts and just screw with them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Um, Okay. so I have to give the standard spoiler warnings. Um, We will be obviously spoiling the Game of Thrones show and potentially the Song of Ice and Fire series. Um, Trigger warnings for the potential for rape discussion. Um, We're going to start with a scene with Sansa. She receives a letter and it has a seal with the the sigil of a mockingbird. So it's from Littlefinger. And uh, it's some irony. I think that Littlefinger chooses to request a meeting with Sansa at Molestown Brothel. <laughs> oh, I never even thought of that. That's a really good point. It's just kind of where he naturally gravitates. Yeah. To, I suppose. <laughs> so um, Brienne escorts her, and once there, he tells Sansa that he's happy to see her unharmed, and he's come to help her. Sansa asks if he knew about Ramsay and if he'd like to hear about her wedding night. She questions him on what Littlefinger thinks Ramsay did twice. The second time Brienne tells Littlefinger, Lady Sansa asked you a question. And he guesses, beat you, cut you. He says, I made a mistake, apologizes, and then he protests that he wants to protect her. Sansa plays with the idea of unleashing Brienne on him, which was great, and ultimately (laughs) tells him to go back to Moat Kaelin. She doesn't want his help. Before he goes, Littlefinger informs her of the Blackfish at River Run and his army. Which I think is a big fat lie. What do you guys think? That the Blackfish has his army? Yeah. Do you think? I don't think it's a lie, but I it's sort of like, well, why would he go north? Like, he probably needs his army for the Riverlands, but I think yeah, he's I th- still just trying to ingratiate himself with her any way he can. Yeah, Littlefinger's mm-hmm. conniving enough to use truths to his benefit, so mm-hmm. he doesn't need to lie in his plans. Hmm. Yeah, he's not going to let Sansa know that his, her uncle is tied up in the Riverlands fighting, most likely, the Lannisters and the Freys at the moment. So, I mean, I don't see her uncle actually dropping what he's doing in in the Riverlands to go help her up north. It's possible. Yeah. He dropped what he was doing in the Vale to help Cat when the war started. He kind of just was like, <laughs> packed up his bags, deuces. So you think he was secretly dying to get away from Liza, though? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, thank no, he's God. Just, he's just, I to get away from <laughs> Sweet Robin. <laughs> I don't know. It's an, or, there's always an angle. I don't know. Whenever Littlefinger's 
does anything. I'm always like, well, trying to figure out what his scheme is. Do you think Can't he was help. lying about Ramsey? I could question. I don't know. Because he would be really stupid, as Sansa said. He would be really stupid not to know that about him. So he's not stupid. So, yeah, I think he I think he did know. I think he knew about Ramsey. And I think he really intentionally left her there so that the North could get, could get behind him whenever he brought the Knights of the Vale up there. Like yeah. to rescue her, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, set up. yeah. When he manipulated that moment, when he manipulated Robin into going, um, bringing the veil north, that was the moment I, I, I realized, oh, he did know about Ramsey, and that's all been part of his plan. He wanted Sansa mm-hmm. to um, get, you know, affected by Ramsey and escape, and then so he could come save the day, and so he he set up her to fall so he could be a hero to save her. Right. Oh, that makes sense. creepy, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Such a dingus. And I guess if Stannis would have defeated Ramsay, you know, same difference. So I guess there was no scenario in which she wouldn't have required rescue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> I still never forget when my sister first read the books, and her, the first book I was asking her as she was reading what her impressions of the characters were. And she was like, well, I like Littlefinger. I feel like he's like Snape. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not going to say a word to you, but inside I'm saying no. My God, no. Well, we don't know. We haven't reached the end of everything yet. I guess. True. I don't recall Snape, like, owning a bunch of brothels, though, in Hogsmeade. But, you know, maybe that just wasn't in the book. Yeah, they don't pay teachers a whole lot. So, you know, we got (laughs) to... That would have made Harry Potter actually interesting to me. <laughs> this is, this is the Harry Potter hate cast, right? <laughs> Hate's a strong word, but um, <laughs> indifferent cast. Okay, let's go on to the next scene. It's Arya. She's fully sighted, and she's training with the waif. She's still getting her ass kicked. Um, the waif tells her to go home. Arya jumps back up. The waif just drops her stick and then kicks her ass again. Um, delivering a mighty impressive uppercut, I must say. And then she just rubs it in by calling her Lady Stark. After the fighting, Arya gets a guided tour of the Face Library by Jack and Hagar. He gives a mission to assassinate an actress by the name of Lady Crane. Arya attends a play with the dramatic recreations of King Robert's death, Ned being named Han, then demanding to be king, Cersei protesting. Um, Then we get Joffrey's crowning, Sansa pleading for her father's life to no avail. And then, wow, Arya's reaction when um, they reenacted Ned getting his head chopped off. She played it like so subtly. Not subtle enough for faces, man. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Well, that makes me wonder, right? Like, did Jack and... I mean, obviously, he must have given her this assignment to kind of see what her reaction would be. I don't think this was any accident. I mean, the conversation that she has with him afterwards, she's very... She doesn't seem very stoic in that. You know, she's pretty emotional. So, you know, he's got to have his suspicions still that she's not broken yet or... Yeah, seems like... I just really... I'm just really suspicious on the whole, they're saying that, you know, he's saying that she can, if she's, if she wants to go, she can, she can leave the faceless men. But I'm always wondering if if you join something like that and they're showing you their, their room with all the masks and the ways to be a faceless man, I would think that they'd probably take you out before you left. Well, he said she'd end up there one, her face would end up in the hall one way or another. 
I think, at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, she doesn't really have... It sounds at this point, she doesn't really have a choice Mm-mm. at all. Oh, I think yeah. she has a choice. Well... You think they're going to let her walk out of there? kill her, yeah. eventually. <laughs> I think... No, I mean, I, I do think there's a an yeah. idea that she cannot accept an assignment. Oh, well, what do you think he meant by that? That her face would... Oh, oh okay, as far as the assignments go. I thought you meant... Yeah. She, I don't think she could just completely walk away from them and never do another job for them. Doesn't sound well, like it, that to me. But. My interpretation was that, like, it was your mission if you choose to accept it is to kill or be killed. So if she didn't accept it, she, she wouldn't have to take on that risk. And I, I feel like she could leave and not have them kill her unless she started blabbing about them and then they would. Okay. They're, they're confident enough assassins yeah. that they would just kill you, And you think that would be the case for every, like, every single commission she'd get? Oh, do you want to kill this person? She could always walk away. Um, maybe but this mm-hmm. this feels more like a, a trial because he said this is your last test. You won't oh, okay. you won't get another one. So. I mean, it'd be pretty horrible to be holding like you know twelve year old, thirteen year old girls to like a lifetime contract. You well, know, they're already doing horrible things to her, so I don't know. Yeah, if they care much. I know. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty, pretty horrible world. Yeah, it's pretty abusive. <laughs> she cannot legally sign that contract. <laughs> Well, if you want to make a Batman, you got to kill his parents first. <laughs> I did love that the play got the Joffrey, the Tyrion Joffrey slap in it. Yeah. Like, not that anyone could have even seen it to put it in there, but yeah, it was fun. And the Sansa actress really was bad. Oh, yeah. She was wonderfully bad. <laughs> nice tits, but yeah, wonderfully bad. <laughs> uh, so uh, the play continues. Tyrion's depiction does not come off favorably. Um, and then backstage, we get some full frontal male nudity, and it's, of course, a flaccid, warty dick. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. This is what everyone's been waiting for, right? Yeah, that's why and they're trolling. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> male nudity. They give us Pycelle. Yeah, we get frontal yeah, before. <laughs> it was just huge close-up, right in your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a bait troll. Yeah. Jerks. Anyway, so... <laughs> Lady Crane and the actor who's playing Tyrion toast as Arya looks on. And then back at the House of Undying, she informs Jacken she will poison Lady Crane's rum. Arya speculates um, it's the younger actress who wants the hit done. Um, she wants Lady Crane dead because she wants her job. Jacken tells her a servant does not ask questions. So, I, you know, I was reading up on them because it's been a while. So basically, it sounds like they take any, as long as someone can pay, they don't care. Or is there some slight, like, they have a little bit of moral leeway that they can say, oh, we're not going to take this case. But, I mean, that's a pretty uh, shabby I reason. Like that- <laughs> I always kind yeah. of felt like it was more like they would, they'd take any case for the money. But if you had, like, a really sympathetic case, maybe they didn't charge you as much. Oh, okay. I don't know. I That's think, my, my the, more you are, the more poor you are, the more sympathetic they are. So they kind of fit as like far as sliding scale. And money. Yeah, it's like subsidized assassination. And, and, and pettiness doesn't matter. Father, I'm thinking of that father that brings in the girl with like the horrible terminal illness. Like I feel like they're probably not charging him full price. Yeah. Yeah, they probably do p- pro bono work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm hoping this is setting up like next time we see Arya in the show will be the same as or very similar to the um, preview chapter we got where she's like actually in the play and Sansa is married to Tyrion and stuff. And she's oh, actually like, yeah, you know, there's a sequel. Go ahead. There's a spoiler that um, that Maisie Williams slipped that apparently she's 
in the trailer, but it's not her. Like, Arya's in the trailer in a shot, but it's actually not Arya's face. So I wonder what that's about, too. I've been kind oh. of thinking, looking looking for that lately as well. Like, she stole a face or it's an actor uh-huh. playing Arya yeah. in the play? Who knows? Well, I think, I think she stole a face. Uh-oh, they're not going to like that. We already know they don't like that. Shenanigans. <laughs> she has learned nothing. <laughs> well, or it could be, you know, she's given a face. Or I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, there's some something that she um, she's playing someone already. Yeah, this is far worse than taking White out from the supply closet. You just can't take a face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the north. Um, Bran is having visions of the past. Um, there's a giant werewood surrounded by stones, and I think it's kind of where they are inside the tree. A man is tied to the werewood, and he has a piece of obsidian shoved into his chest by leaf, and then his eyes turn yeah. icy blue. Bran leaves his vision and says, it was you. Leaf claims they were at war and they were just trying to protect themselves from men. Creepy scene. Very good. I love this scene. Yeah. That man is, that man looks like the guy that's playing the Night King. I think it is it the is. guy. I just yeah, read I th- that. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty and sure it's also, Oh, that's pretty cool. was uh, the guy who played Arthur Dane. It was his stunt double, too. Really? Yeah, oh, that's what I saw neat. a picture of him. Now Guile's interested. Like, I believe. Just his stunt double. <laughs> yeah, not the actual actor. Not the face yeah. guy. But they were fucking creepy, the children in this scene. <laughs> creepy little yeah, things. Yeah, there was no emotion to them. I mean, they're just... that. I just, I found it fascinating. I mean, I've always wanted to know how these, you know, the, the White Walkers were created. And now, I've heard the theory that the children of the forest had something to do with it. And it was just... Yeah. It was neat just to see this. And, um, I mean, whenever I, I watched that, it just made me wonder why are they, you know, attacking, like, the children of the forest. But, I mean, if you think about certain, I mean, like, fantasy tropes, you have, like, the son that hates the father or, like, the god that created a demon. Now the demon hates the creator. Yes, yeah. Definitely fits that. So, and, yeah, I so- mean, you could even point that towards, like, Frankengregor, you could probably see that happening with Frankengregor. Oh, like he killed Kyburn at some Not point. Not my Kyburn. You, <laughs> you shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> wow. Oh. He kills a special snowflake Kyburn. First, first oh. time I locked down Kyburn. <laughs> That's one death too far on this show. <laughs> we finally found your breaking point, and it's Kyburn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is huge. I'm. This is like a, a, one of the big mysteries being revealed to us for once. Yeah. Is anybody yeah. mad that it's coming from the show? <laughs> well, actually, I had a question, and i i didn't um I didn't bother to look it up myself because I was being lazy. But in Brand's very last chapter in Dance, when he's having all of these visions of the past, he has a vision at the very end that's a, a, like it's like a human sacrifice is imminent and i'm wondering if there's any indication that it could have been the children there instead of like you know another person but i know that there was a sacrifice mm. happening and i'm wondering if this is that hey it's possible it's i possible. mean he, you would think in his vision he would indicate that it was the children of, you know the children of the forest but um you know i, I just don't remember mm. yeah I think I the, the religion of the weirwood trees involved a lot of blood sacrifices. So I, I think I think there are multiple. It's like part of that just religion where 
people stab people in front of a wet wear tree. And it, so like, it wasn't just a one-time thing where they uh, messed up a dude in order to make the white walkers. <laughs> right. It was a pretty... I mean, he was tied to a weirwood. Yeah, visually it was a pretty cool scene. I like that. Yeah. I mean, they're so cute. Who knew they could be so bloodthirsty? I know, it was kind of hot, you know, pushing that thing into his chest. <laughs> it, I, I thought it was not the adjective I used. <laughs> I think I know your kink, Kafu. <laughs> you so much now. Your breaking points, your kink. <laughs> It looks like they were pushing dragon glass into his chest, yeah. and I think that's really interesting. If they're pushing, if dragon glass goes into a person to make them into a White Walker, and that also kills them too. Yeah. yeah. But I think it has to be they have to be tied to a weirwood tree, and you have to have the blood sacrifice. That's what I. Yeah, it's it's probably a whole I, ma- magic thing. Like you can't just yeah. walk into a funeral pyre of a Dothraki call and suddenly hatch dragons. There's like gotta be a magical element to it, right? And you have to have the stones that look like female sim- symbols or oh, swirly oh, things all the, around. Yeah, the the spiral. Did anyone realize that the spiral was the same designs that the White Walkers were stacking yep. bodies in? And uh, the, horse like, heads. Earlier? Yeah. 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 Always the artists. Um, yep. Mance says in the show. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Love that. That was really cool. Some consistency. Very nice. All right. Let's go to the pike. Um, We have the king's moot. Yara steps forth and is the first to claim the salt throne. She gets a few mumbles of support. Uh, One steps forth protesting a woman leading them. He calls upon Theon, who proclaims for his sister. Um, This garners a few more cheers for Yara. Then Euron steps forth and declares he claims the salt throne. He spends some time mocking Theon. Yara accuses Euron of killing Balon, and he does not deny it, claiming he'd do it all again. Um, Once again, Theon backs up his sister's claim. Yara tells the men she will build the largest fleet the world has ever seen. Euron argues his claim some more, and he throws in a tidbit about the dragon queen in Essos. He's going to seduce her with his ships, and together they are going to take the Seven Kingdoms. The men shout for Euron. He quickly goes through his ceremony and crowning, only to find Yara and Theon have pieced out with his entire fleet. Euron calls on every man and woman to start building 1,000 ships. <laughs> How long is that going to take? From what I remember, Pike doesn't have very many trees. Where are they going to yeah. find all these trees? I get if you're good craftspeople, I- but that isn't a quick thing. <laughs> it's like years. Yeah. Thing, right? I was, I was kind of disappointed in the king's mood. It kind of reminded me of like a Republican debate. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much are, how much do you regret how much do you think the writers are regretting that they weren't able to write this like in with you know knowing what was happening in politics because don't you think they would have trumped up Euron like big time <laughs> like there's so to, much material they really could have gone ships. with they're the best ships <laughs> mm. no, I, I don't it. like it I liked how he pronounced salt frone. That was my favorite part. I'm going to take the salt frone. <laughs> I didn't know what it said. You're like a lisp. Listen to it again. <laughs> the Danish accent coming through. Yes. Oh, God, his accent. The, the show hates a murder mystery. Like, they had to immediately tell us who killed Joffrey, like, an episode later, and then they have to immediately just, yeah, I, I'm, you're on, and I killed Balon. That, <laughs> 
that's not also even gonna... pretty much so no one like king kinslayer actually he's like a double he's a kinslayer and a kingslayer and apparently like it only matters if jamie does it everyone else <laughs> like yeah whatever it's fine yes. it's it's the iron islands he paid the iron price that's like part of their culture I mean that was a good i will give him that like that was a very good slogan and a very good thing to say in that situation <laughs> i felt like it definitely resonated with the crowd yeah. But still, like, when they go home at night after their hard day of making ships, they're going to be like, I mean, dude did kill his brother, the king. <laughs> they're going to get that school. Just a few weeks ago, I, I re- reread the um, Iron Islands chapter part in the uh, World of Ice and Fire book. And oh, bless there's, you. there's a, a, a repetition where someone does this, like they kill a king that's also a, a relative in order to become king themselves. Oh. And, like, the, the other Iron Islands are... The other Iron Men are, are just, like, totally, you know, pretty much cool with it, because that's the way things work huh. there. Well, they've always been painted a bit different from everybody else, right? Yeah. 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 They do things their so own So where way. do you think that, um... Like, His um, eye patches? Probably where the... <laughs> probably the same place where the... Create <laughs> Raven's eye patches... <laughs> The show also hates eye patches <laughs> and his crown. <laughs> that was such a like cheap crown. I was, was like, he so got a bargain lame. basement crown. It's like <laughs> someone went to the dollar store and glued it together before they <laughs> shot it. And had a good yeah. crown, though. I mean, Renly's little crown and Rob. I mean, I don't even think Rob ever had a crown. Yeah, on I the like show. Renly's crown, man. I know you love Renly. That's my own crown. Yeah, the, the Driftwood crown kind of fits with their um, beliefs, and they don't really care about jewelry and fancy clothes. Like they, they care. They're more practical people. Sorry, Eon, I interrupted you. What were you gonna say about where is something something? Oh yeah. So where do y'all think that um, Yara and Theon and all the other ones that fled? Where do you think they went? Because not that many people like the Ironborns. They're kind of the yeah. the dicks mm. of the sea. They're not totally They can go. I yeah. assume they're going to Danny. Oh wow, Grace yep. for she was like, "Hey, that's a good idea. Let's take them ships." Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, It was a good moment too because you could see um, Theon and Yara kind of just look at each other, like, "We got to get the fuck out of here." Yeah. <laughs> like they're both right? And they must have had a plan. You know, they had to have had that plan B. You know, if anything. Yeah, that was pretty organized. <laughs> <laughs> just and to... obviously, yeah, I mean... Asha has like a lot of people loyal to her too. That. You know, it's not just the two of them on a rowboat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of crew. Yeah, I mean, think- that would make sense if they go to Danny because they have all the ships and they could bring Danny and her people to yeah. Westeros. I so. agree, but just to be thorough, she, they might be going to a place where Iron Man are in the books. Like, um, aren't, aren't they at war in uh, the Reach? And so if something important happens there with, like, the Citadel and versus oh. the Iron Man or something that might be played by um, Asha Yara and Dion yeah. in the show. Okay, That could be interesting. But uh, like, uh, again, I think she's actually going to Danny because yeah. I don't think anything's going to happen with the Iron Man South. If that's important. Uh, I'd be a smart, the smart move would be just to directly go to Essos. Yeah. I mean, they know what he's going to do. They know what he wants to do. So they can just beat him there. Right. And there's no magical horn in play, so it doesn't really matter who gets to her. Well, and also to back this up, our next scene is of Danny. So let's see. Daenerys has a moment with Jorah um, while Dario looks on. She tells him that she can't take him back and she can't send him away. 
Jorah tells her she must. Um, and then he reveals his grayscale. Danny asks how long he has, and she says she's sorry. He professes his love, then says goodbye. She commands him to halt and to find a cure. And she says, I command you to heal yourself. It's kind of like that Team America moment when the guy's like, I promise to never die. (laughs) Uh, So, Jorah, go find the nearest Walgreens you can find. (laughs) I wonder if he'll run into, like, Wonkins, you'll probably remember this, but who healed um, Victorian's Victorian's hand? The Red Priest? Um, Was it Makaro? Makaro? Yeah, yeah. And then it was Smokey afterwards. If, you know, he'll get into the story. Oh, so there's hope for Jorah yet. Well, I think that Ian Glenn let it slip that he is filming next year, which I'm surprised about. But Yeah, he was um, high on our to die this season. Yeah, I mean, he's super high. I mean, I kind of feel like I thought given the title of the next episode that he was a goner. So I'm, you know, surprised, but it sounds like he isn't going to die. Yeah, I mean, there's precedent like, um, uh, not Marcella, but Shireen was... Shireen, uh, yeah cured of grayscale even but they say that like it usually it's only cured in kids so it would be it would be like a miracle of, which i mean miracles happen in this universe so it's cool so maybe it's going to be left hanging kind of like gendry in the boat like george just goes away and kind of maybe never see him again i, don't know. I feel like they just can't keep doing that <laughs> <laughs> we need some resolution <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Rickon came back after a couple of years, so we may see Jorah after a long time. And then he'll immediately be the killed by Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would fit, because I was kind of, like, um, weirded out by this scene. Like, it was too sappy. Like, oh, I'm going to profess my love to you, and then, oh, I'm going to command you to cure yourself. When everyone is expecting to Jorah to just... Everyone is expecting Jorah to just die suddenly in some, like, um, battle or um, spread the plague or something. Like, it, it, didn't, it didn't fit with the feeling of Game of Thrones. It was too happy of a scene. So if Jorah does just, like, get cured and then immediately die, that would feel more like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. than this scene felt to me um, by yeah. itself. Their reactions were interesting, like, because we always, like, assume it's, like, a one-way thing with, you know, it's Jorah pining for Danny, but she seems, I don't know, do you think she likes him at all in no, that way? but I think no. she loves him. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's uh, romantic, but I think she's she more familiar, familial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the they can also... The creepy uncle, but <laughs> not, that, not as creepy. I mean, they could always make the twist that, you know, he finally does come back, but when he comes back, it's as or right after Danny dies. You know, he doesn't come back. <laughs> and, you know. It's like, well, my arms could be scenario and make it more heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's her grave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Proudly, like, rolling up his sleeve. Look at my arm. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> rolling up the sleeve, it'll be the same, like, hideous yellow shirt that he's been wearing for, like, four years. Oh, (laughs) yes. He loves that shirt. The shirt that has a hole in its sleeve directly where he has the grayscale on his arm. (laughs) (laughs) So convenient. And yet not. (laughs) It's true. Just to wrap up the scene, we have Danny saying, when I take the Seven Kingdoms, I'll need you by my side. And then the next shot is Jorah watching Danny as she leads her Dothraki army out of the city. 
Uh, let's go to Marine. Things have been quiet since Tyrion's truce with the Masters. Tyrion wants to bring in someone to be a figurehead of their piece, someone who can't be bought or influenced. Um, so cue the hot red priestess. And she's already fully on board with Daenerys Targaryen. She believes Danny is the chosen one. Varys brings up Stannis and calls her a fanatic, asks why they should trust her no more than they should trust Missandei. She tells Varys terrible things happen for a reason. She brings up his mutilation and a voice that called out to him from the flames. And she asks if she, he would like her to repeat the name that he heard. Varys looks freaked out and the priestess leaves. So I she would like her is... to repeat it, damn it. I know. She's such a <laughs> I want to know the answers to these mysteries. Yeah, well, it's, it's Daenerys Targaryen. Don't you think? That's what he heard. That's what I I'm think it's Hodor. <laughs> if it was Hodor, he would have been up at the wall, well, beyond the wall. <laughs> who knows? Maybe, he, who you was, know. Who, who the hell the knows? Vo- if the voice said Daenerys Targaryen, who was the one who spoke it? Maybe in it was the, the, red, the red priestess. Maybe it was her. Could it have been her? Yeah. Well, well, no. It was maybe she's head. super old, too, so maybe yeah. it is her. <laughs> She was really scary looking. Uh, she yeah. had one of those red necklaces on, too. Oh, yeah. Mm. Definitely a crone. Yeah. I, I think, think they might have been playing the same music that Melisandre gets in her scenes, but I could be mistaken about that. Hmm. But it sounded it sounded familiar. And then it also seemed like the actress was doing a Melisandre impression at some points. Yeah, Maybe, maybe they go all to the same finishing school. They train them how to, <laughs> how to mesmerize people with their... <laughs> No, I really do think this is supposed to be a way to explain show Varys's unwavering support of Daenerys. I, I think it was he heard Daenerys Targaryen being whispered. Would hmm. 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 she and you know she wouldn't have even been born at that point probably, or if she yeah. was, she would have just been a you know a little baby. Mm-hmm. How much do you want to see this red woman and Melisandre in the same scene at some point though? That would be pretty neat. It'd be really like, fun. Like in a sensual yeah. way. <laughs> no, just like a, like a dueling. I want to see them without their necklaces on, just talking and chatting, <laughs> having a beer, having an ale, getting some at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go to Brand's scene. Um, he's sneaking another peek at the his visions when everyone is asleep. This time it's winter and surrounding the trees is an army of the undead. He walks into their ranks and the four others are waiting for him. When Bran turns back, the army has turned to face him. He looks in the direction of the others again and is grabbed by the Night's King. Bran screams and awakens. He touched me, he tells Blood Raven. Bran has been marked and now they can get into the cave. And this is like, such good freaking creepy awesome like horror movie this is like freddy krueger shit right here i really love this scene <laughs> this is my jam <laughs> um Vera immediately calls for hodor to help gather their stuff blood raven tells bran no he is not ready uh, i you know I, I kind of in retrospect i don't like it as much but i liked mira and hodor kind of discussing the food that they could have instead of moss <laughs> <laughs> different things that Mira mentioned well, that are like the... different Hodors for them. So, like they can have like a special Hodor. Does well, it? Okay, sorry. Like, Mira's like giving like these descriptions of these foods, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, the... oh my gosh, this is stuff from the books. 
and I've got to see it. It's like the big descriptions like George talks about with his food in the books. And I'm like, no. Oh. Guys are like a, a, two, a few scenes. <laughs> Can we talk about how the, was I the only one who found the good stuff, like the creepy stuff, great? Well, I feel like this, the, this was the one scene that the trailer kind of um, spoiled for me. Because I think if I didn't know that he was going to be right behind him like that, I would have been like, jumping out of my chair yeah it would have been scarier yeah, yeah but like i wish they wouldn't have put that in there yeah, maybe you wouldn't know that it marked him that is the really no part that you know now they can get in because he touched you god they're really getting I'm harry really... potter right now like yeah. that i just feel like could be more i just yeah <laughs> i just feel that blood raven should have had some sort of parental controls on his werewood.net <laughs> that night <laughs> You'd I mean, think. it's not hard, right? Bran can't move by himself that well. Like, I, I would have woken up. I was put some sort of cat's coat on it so that Bran couldn't get in there by himself. He was making a lot of noise, and they were all sleeping. I was like, I would have woken up if I'd heard in that he echoey cave and like rustle, right, rustle. And he's like a hundred years old. <laughs> a thousand. In the show, he's a thousand. He needs okay. his beauty rest. Yeah. What What was Blood Raven doing in that uh, with the? Night's King and all the whites. What was he doing in that um, flashback? Because Brandon joined um, the Three Eyed Ravens flashback, right? No, so what was I he think doing he there just, before I think, Brandon? I got the impression he when just he snuck in. Solo. I thought he snuck in while he was asleep. Like that Blood Raven. Yeah. Blood know. Raven wasn't even there. Yeah, this oh. first scene. This first scene, it was just Brand solo. He was bored. He was flicking rocks around, <laughs> and then oh, nobody's awake. Yeah. Let me do something. Hey. <laughs> And Bran oh, jumps in there, and he doesn't think any of these, you know, the the whites and the White Walkers can see him. That's why he's just like waving in and out of like the the whites and everything. And he goes up to the White Walkers, like, "Hey, y'all can't the, see me," you know. And I'm just like, ah. When the army like silently turned and they're like all oh, facing man. him, that was, was so creepy. awesome. <laughs> Loved it. It's, he, it was creepy because you could tell he felt so cocky because he's walking through. You know, he's like, "Oh no, they can't yeah. see me. Nobody can. You know, I can't. Nobody can touch me." Yeah. yeah. So is that from the future or is that from the past? I thought it was the present. Yeah, I thought it was like real time. I thought it was the present because then yeah. they were able to. Yeah. The, the yeah, army when they show up, it's night, right? When they show up, it's nighttime, so some time has passed. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was it's the present. This reminded me of the Hobbit looking into the plant here in Lord of the Rings. And then so they have to send him off because the the Dark Lord knows where his location is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I can see that. Okay. Anyway, I liked it. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the wonderful horror aspects of this episode later. Okay, John. He makes battle plans, and it's to take back Winterfell. They need more men. Davos names the three great houses in the north, Umbers, Karstarks, and Manderleys, who are neutral as of yet. Sansa um, is like, fuck the Umbers. Karstarks, maybe. Davos reminds her a Stark took their lord's head. Sansa believes Northerners are more loyal. Davos reminds her of the Northerners who betrayed her family. John wants to try the lesser houses. They will equal all the other three. Sansa believes her Stark name will aid them. And she also mentions house Tully and she informs him that the blackfish has retaken river run and has an army she lies on where this information came from Sansa wishes to send Brienne to speak with the blackfish Brienne doesn't want to leave her side Sansa reassures her John will keep her safe she trusts him Brienne asks why she lied about Littlefinger and river run and that is a damn good question 
She also I... mentions a certain bearded wildling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop gleefully giggling. We like to beat that one to death last week. <laughs> Are you shipping? Are you shipping Wonkins? Oh, yes. So hard. Okay, well, Anon on Tumblr wants to know, do you think he's going to get it in? <laughs> I Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> get out. Just get, the, get, get out. Go. <laughs> oh, please don't go. Thank you, Finger, once again. Please don't go. Why, why is it okay for Jamie to screw around with other women, but Brienne can't get some? Because she doesn't want some. I think that's my main objection. <laughs> yeah. She wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> no one no one can resist the torment beard. I don't know. I feel like every facial expression she gives is saying, please stop hitting on me. Please, God, stop hitting <laughs> on fair. me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but why did... Okay, so back to the point, though. Why is Sansa lying to John? I think Nobody that John would seriously consider taking up Littlefinger's aid. Like with giving, you know, having help from the Knights of the Veil. Vale. Good point, Neon. Yeah. He probably will. I mean, maybe she's trying to take back some, you know, I think she wants to kind of rule her own destiny in a sense of like not having, you know, she's had men push her around and basically make all these choices for her. Maybe she's like, I don't want to do it this time. Or she doesn't yeah, trust Yeah, she's pissed finger. off she at Littlefinger. Oh, yeah, of course yeah. she doesn't trust Littlefinger at all. I mean, she doesn't like him, but I mean, as far as I don't think she can, you know, I think she's obviously smart enough to realize, oh, I could try to use him, but I think she just doesn't even want to go there. Right. And, I mean, she might not trust John either. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's just and totally she done with being a pawn. Yeah, and I mean, she doesn't have anywhere else to go, and maybe she is afraid of him usurping, you know, usurping her power as a Stark. She doesn't want to be under anyone's thumb anymore, even John's. Mm-hmm. They did have a little bit of exchange a glance when she says, well, I have the Stark name, you know. And they're like, yeah. no, like, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, because well, that's, that's why oh. they were looking at her, right? Like, oh, I'm, you're kind of a bull in now. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, how does that work? Does she just, do they have any uh, annulment, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think time. they're going to have an annulment by sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice this and is, clean. <laughs> this is great. This is the Sansa everyone's been was yeah. expected to get when she was wearing her black mourning dress after um, Lysa Aaron died. Yep. Yeah, I'm happy with it. It's definitely shades of Catelyn, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, even her was. hair was like mm-hmm. in that long braid. It reminded me of Catelyn. They're trying to style her a little more like Catelyn, I think. Anyway, let's move on. Oh, wait. Okay, wait. So on his way out, um, John is given a gift from Sansa. It's a beautiful new cape complete with wolf sigil. John tells um, <laughs> tells Dolores not to knock down the wall while he's gone. So we all know that's going to happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor Ed. Oh. I think you know, is there any that. doubt? Is there any doubt that the epilogue of Winds is going to be from Ed's POV as the wall comes down? I mean, oh, I just feel like no. it's like inevitable. He just needs to get a good one-liner in, just one oh, last yeah, one. Like, it would be, yeah, like some, <laughs> yeah, some comment right as it's coming down. <laughs> okay, we're gonna 
can go to the last scene now, and this one's a doozy. Um, so this is where we have Mira and Hodor packing and talking about pork products. <laughs> oh, I was it, so yeah. excited about it. I had to I jump know. the gun. <laughs> <laughs> so the air suddenly turns chill, and Mira runs to the entrance of the cave where the army of the undead and the Night's King wait. Leaf yells at her to get Bran and run. The undead start to shambling in. Mira can't awaken Bran. He's dreaming of Winterfell. Hodor's freaking out. The children are fireballing outside. Others are pushing in. Some of the dead drop from the ceiling. and They're fought off by Mira, Summer, and the children. Bran still won't wake. Mira yells, we are all going to die. We need Hodor. Bran wargs into Hodor, carrying in his own prone body away from the fighting. Summer hangs back to fight the undead, and it's not good. Summer is pretty much oh, such a Leroy Jenkins <laughs> Summer. Oh my god, <laughs> she went out bravely. Like just a moment for Summer here. Um, the undead chase Mira, Hodor, Leaf, and Bran down the tunnels. Leaf um, unpins her grenade basically and takes a lot of like a fuck ton of them out, um, but it's not enough, and they keep. The undead keep persisting. Hodor pushes against the door and holds it shut. Mira grabs Bran and yells back, hold the door. Um, in Bran's vision, we see a young Hodor collapse. Well, the real world Hodor does as Mira asks and holds the door. Young Hodor convulses on the ground, shouting, hold the door, hold the door, which ultimately turns into Hodor. And real life Hodor is torn apart while he's holding the door. Mm. and sad face so I have a question when the scenes start so when we previously the previous scene ended with we have to GTFO because Mm -hmm. uh, the Night's King is coming and then when we start this scene um, the tree man and Bran are in a flashback at Winterfell how is that productive helping them get out (laughs) Well, I think the whole theory is that that the Blood Raven knew that they had to get they had to mess up Hodor's mind, young Hodor's mind. That's at least the time loop that I kept seeing coming that, up when yeah. I looked it up. Yeah. They, no, they had to that, start the loop. I know, I know. It doesn't. No, you know. That, okay, yeah, you know that doesn't really make sense. I know, the, yeah, it doesn't. Like, why did said you can't change time it, right. in the power of joy? Like blood, it's not like Blood Raven and Bran could do anything to like help everyone pack up. Uh, I'm wondering okay, if yeah. War- yeah, couldn't couldn't Bran have just warged into present day Hodor and gotten him to get him out without you know fast? I don't know. I guess no. I yeah. feel like it was like they knew they didn't have much time, and he was still trying to get in as much work with him as he could. Like there was something they needed he needed him to see. I I don't think they got there. Well, I think I think all the explanation I kept seeing was that whole that it is literally like they knew he knew Bloodraven knew that the time loop had to happen and he had to go back and okay. he had to when, cause when you say Willis to when you say Bloodraven you mean the writers it's yeah, more of like yeah. a plot device well it doesn't I mean, make sense. well they said that um somebody um said that the night at was it Monday night that they had um, been at uh, George Martin's theater and he actually told fans that um that yes hold the door was correct but the context and the reveal would be different. So oh. that ah. he said that so that could change a lot. You know, he said it didn't mm-hmm. happen the same way. So it's it's correct that happens, but not in like the name is correct. But yeah. So well, you know, the director that did this episode was Jack Bender, and he did a lot of like the Lost episodes for Lost that dealt with time travel. <laughs> I so just they think had when to pull in. if there's time travel in a movie or or a TV show, <laughs> I think you just have to like 
sit back and like not think about it too hard because it's always going to be wrong. Yeah. yeah, I felt like my eyes were going to cross when I was reading. There was Reddit threads full of discussions about how exactly this could work. Every single variation <laughs> yeah. you could think of, and honestly, when you think about they, it, any of them it doesn't could be, work. Yeah, it, they could not work or work. Like, what is it? Um, you know, I was trying to figure out what the deal was with. Um, apparently, there is actually a name. It's called expressive aphasia for what he has. And I don't know if George Martin looked this up, but there was a guy in France in like 1861 who only said the word tan, and his nickname was Tan. And he had this, and it was caused by having epileptic seizures as a child and having a traumatic brain injury, they think, from falling. So I was trying to think, like, what, you know, I know it's supposed to be magical, but if he looked like he was having a seizure and fell over and hit his head and all this, right? you know, that's why he could say Hodor. I can remember whenever, like, there was a Game of Thrones, wasn't it the first, I think it was the first book, where they were talking about, it was in one of them. I can't remember. <laughs> Old man was saying that water, uh, his name was Water, and mm-hmm, I mean, he just grew up saying Hodor. And there was no, they, there, in the story, there was no mention of anything event. like he was, and what, any event that happened to bring him to become, you know, start saying Hodor. Well, that's, it'll be interesting to see whether that was George Barton or whether that was the show making that, like, you know, sort of incident happen. Yeah. Do you think I, that Hodor could be holding the door in a context in the within that flashback? So he wasn't holding a door at the um, ab- beyond the wall in present time, but he was holding a door when he was younger I, during the flashback. I think that what it looked like, I kept watching it. What it looked like happened was that Bran warged into young Hodor, and then okay, so Blood Raven got killed. He had no connection to the future, mm-hmm. so Bran had to warg into Willis because Willis was connected to future Hodor, and he warged Willis into future Hodor, and that was his tunnel back. Ooh. Right? No, yeah, I understand but, that. I, I meant like pre- uh, projecting what or predicting what you think will happen in the books, because some one of you said that um, Jar Jar said that the context was different. Um, for how it's going to happen in the books yeah. for holding the door. So I, I was just kind of like, um, Oh, okay. What could be the different? Yeah. Cause I, like I'm, <laughs> I think I, I feel more, um, I put more importance on the book canon than the show canon. So like, I'm, I'm really, sure. I'm more interested in how this goes down, hmm. uh, in the books, especially so- cause there's that theory. I just recently, I recently listened to an episode of Westeros Whenverly where they had this big episode on um, what's underneath Winter- Winterfell and um, where-, where Hodor's name comes from, and it could be connected to what he sees underneath Winterfell. So if, oh, uh, like if he that's held a true, door like, under... yeah, when oh. he was younger, he was holding a door underneath the, the oh. um, barrows under Winterfell um, oh. during a flashback. See, that would make a little more sense to me than this version. But, I mean, D, I you know, D&D yeah. at the inside the episode seemed to say that, like, this is what George said was going to happen. So who knows? You know, it's... So here's my theory. And it's not very complimentary to George. <laughs> this is what was going to happen. And so that it's portrayed on the show. And now George has to think of some other way for it to happen because he hasn't actually written it yet. I think he's going to do that with a lot of things. Cause I oh, he's totally going to have to do that it. with a lot of things. 
the yeah. tale grows in the telling, as he's fond of saying. <laughs> so what, what he told D&D was going to happen six years ago is not necessarily still true. Oh, yeah. shit, he could have told him two weeks ago, and now he'd just be changing it out of spite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw yeah. the original letter right. he sent. That was drastically different than anything that came out sure. of the series, so. Yeah. Look at last season whenever um, Shireen died and D&D and are talking about, yeah, this is what he said was going to happen in the well, books. There was an article that came out today that said that they that he told them like three big shocks and like one of them was Shireen, one of them was this, and then one is apparently at the very end. Hmm. Of this season or the very end of the no, series? No, um, I think the series. very end of the series is what I interpreted as, but maybe yeah. it's the end of the season. If the series doesn't end on a shock, that would be very disappointing and unfitting for everything that's led up to it. Oh, I hope not, because I feel like if it's shock, then the story didn't. Then the you story doesn't make sense. Well, the story doesn't make sense if it ends on a shock. Like the ending of a story should, you should be led to it. You know, like it should be a logical conclusion, not something Barring. that comes yeah, out of I mean, nowhere. It can be. It can be both shocking and logical, like the red wedding. God knows there'll be like five kajillion pages of the internet dedicated to explaining <laughs> how it was so obvious that it was going to happen. Okay, so we probably have more to say about this brand scene. I, I know Lot wants to talk about the horror aspect. And <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> the tunnels, like with the, the undead, yeah, it was that, so claustrophobic. They were and creeping they kept... on the walls. And, oh yeah, that was creepy. From, from like a just a visual um, perspective, I really enjoyed the the monsters crawling on the walls in the ceiling for, as like a horror movie fan. Just just looking mm, at creepy. that by itself. But as a zombie movie fan, it doesn't really fit with whites. W i g h t white c- crawling on the ceiling. It's more of like a alien xenomorph thing. Or the it's, zombie that one with um was it that one with Brad Pitt where they're like super fast and crawling all over oh, each other. World War Z. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know though if they if whatever if you know a universe picks what kind of zombies they're gonna have and they stick to that I don't care fast slow just make sure you stick to the kind of zombie you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in this we get both skeletons and zombies, and uh, I'm gonna channel comma here because I I just hate it. I hate all of it. I love it. It's creepy and weird. <laughs> and they gave us the little when we said what happened previously on. They gave us the little uh, shot of the skeletons too, and there's little. Bolts, fireballs, and stupid. So stupid. They're wonderful. They they use the resources they have. Nothing goes to waste. It's quite economical. <laughs> if, if, if magic is holding together bones into a humanoid shape and you hit it and then it falls down and quote unquote dies, why can't the magic just recollect those bones into a humanoid shape again? And no matter how many times you hit it, it just cu- it will come back or, up. Or like a transformer and then make a bigger it's just the stupidest magic oh, man. to hold together a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Just a, I should be no... the Knight's King. I would have way more fun with those zombies. <laughs> yeah. There's no muscles or any kind of physical, um, biological uh, thing the making the physics work of bones moving. That's it's just so held together by magic. I like how the Creepy White Walkers and look. Weird, and it doesn't make any sense. That's what makes it more horrible. Yeah. It's right. like I just when, feel sorry for Mira. She's having to drag Brand's ass to the next yeah. episode. <laughs> How the hell are they going to escape? I like, know. I, it's it's her carrying her own body weight, plus actually more yeah. than her own body weight with that sled, and she's running away from like a horde of the undead. Wow. 
Well, I, think I don't run into Uncle Benjamin. And, and they no longer have a they no longer have a dire wolf to help hunt yeah. for food. So they've or got children, to have somebody come or in. Or a secret cave. Or you know, maybe we'll see cold here. hands next episode. That would be nice because she could probably use cold hands. I think like it sounds like all signs are pointing. They Uncle need Benjen. something. Like I don't know. <laughs> Popping up in the woods. Benji, you show up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like it to me. We'll see, I guess. Soon, you hopefully. Know, they could totally use that giant moose to drag Bran. <laughs> Just say, like, a <laughs> werewood dog, or, you know, like, a obsidian dog sled drug <laughs> dragged yeah. by dire wolves. I don't know. They need something like that. Something pretty cool. (laughs) There's got to be something reasonable to explain why all the zombies would suddenly, the whites would suddenly stop though. I'd need, I need a good explanation for that. Why they're going to back off. (laughs) Well, unless they get rescued really quick. Yeah. Or a hoarder for a long time. Maybe Uh, instead of a moose, you'll have like a condor. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just wondering since Breen is, Breen's marked now. He's got the mark of that Night King, if that's just going to be it. He's going to have that mark on him forever. And they're going to follow him everywhere. And then and then yeah. there's theories that he's going to unlock the wall. Like, as soon as he goes through the wall, he's going to unli- oh, unwittingly shit. unlock uh, I read that. Like that's, oh, my God. He's going to magically unlock it. That's gonna oh, be man. Well, I didn't even think this about is... that, Clotho. I read it. I mean, I can't take credit for that. Oh. I read it. You know, it's going around. Oh. So, yeah. Well, that's crazy. Oh, God. Can't he just wash it off? You know, cut his arm off. Cut it off. You know, at that point, actually, that is not a bad idea. Cut his arm off. That would be something. Was it his right hand or his left? Because then it'd be like Jamie thing. I think it was his right hand. I'm pretty sure it was right, right? Oh, he's the boy who lived now. He's got the stupid mark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but Blood Raven did look like Voldemort. Did you guys notice that when he died? It looked like yeah, totally looked like Voldemort. (laughs) Yeah, I said he apparated when he died. There's so much Harry Potter in this episode. It's not even funny. It's poor yeah. one kids. Like poor the infi- kids. from like the inferior, inferior or whatever. Or you know, to the this dark marks. All of that. Well, this we know Percy Jackson Aragorn crap, and just keep it out of my Game of Thrones. <laughs> it doesn't belong here. <laughs> well, we know this isn't the end of the visions, though, right? Because we know there's more visions yeah. to come. So does this mean he can just have them on his own, or does he have to be around a werewood oh, tree? I didn't think about that. I mean, because he think... was still in one, right? And was he? Here's a question: Did you all think was it Holdor holding the door at the very end, or did he come back to himself, or was that Bran? And then Bran's gonna just peace out like the last. No, second. I think it was Hodor. Was yeah, Hodor. I thought it was Hodor. Okay. I think well. it was Hodor. Okay. Yeah. Is that what, like his whole life um, mantra up until now has been to hold this one door? That he's... Well, and I mean, it needs to be Hodor because it needs to be. It needs to be his. I mean, I know it's not like yeah. he has that much of a choice, but it needs to be his heroism. I would. And hope it can't so. just be him. You know, he already had his whole life taken away. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate. Him. I don't want to think that. Like this moment of heroism is taken away. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be morally like very, very, very. I mean, it's dark, really bad morally it was, as yeah, it is. Yeah, as it is. But if it was Bran the whole time, that would be horrendous. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was Bran, Bran the whole time. I thought That's it was Bran right up to the very end when he had to go back into his own body. Oh, if it's Bran the whole time, totally then used. I mean, Bran is Bran's a villain. Yeah, <laughs> really bad. Like a and really bad George. Yeah. That's something yeah. George would do. Right? Well, I mean, he had to use him to get back to the future. So essentially, in, in that choice, I mean, if he felt like that was his only choice, then he did make a horrible, you know, he ruined his life. You know, Hodor's life. 
and, yeah, and I'm Grant interested also probably, to see how anyone else. What's that, Wilkins? Sorry, I was going to say Bran also probably ate Jojen in the book, so he's a villain. What were you going to say? You were interested. <laughs> in <seeing him? laughs> but he didn't know he I was just eating Jojen. Wait. <laughs> I was just going to say I'm curious to see if um, how other people think. Do they think it was Hodor holding the door, or Bran still in Hodor's body holding the door? I really wants- read it as Hodor holding the door. That's what I, I read whenever I saw it. I was confused. It was, <laughs> I yeah, thought it was tweet, what, whenever, tweet whenever, at us. Whenever, I mean, the, from what I saw. Yeah, tweet it. Yeah. Let us know. Let, it look, let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, be interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poll time, Guile. You're good at those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Twitter poll. Good poll. <laughs> okay, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do a poll on Twitter. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then that that's law. Whatever that poll is, that's law. <laughs> Brand is, yeah, it's, it's a fun, where, just defines how evil Brand is. Alessandra. <laughs> Lot. Where's our portrait? I'm on it. I'm on it right now, doodling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, just, I think oh, like talking. just I want to call out um, Isaac's acting in that scene in Winterfell, though, as he's watching, you know, Hodor collapse. It's like amazing. And young Hodor. Oh, very good. Oh, God. oh I know. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, it was wonderful. It's heartbreaking because it's like, you know, we're introduced to Hoder and he's like a pet, you know, and it's just like, there's comedy around it. And it's like, no, he's not a pet. He was never, you know, and it's just so awful. Yeah. Hodor was too beloved by the fans to live any longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is, this is Game of Thrones. You gotta be prepared for your favorite character to be killed. Oh, man. No. I, just, I do not want to no, see Hot Pod. I'm like, die. yeah, I'm like, Hot Pod needs lives to stay forever. off screen. <laughs> Brienne, honestly, I thought it was Kyburn. Honestly, I'm kind uh, of happy that we won't. I'm, I don't have to listen to any more stupid theories of Hodor is going to be on the Iron Throne anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Hodor might be. <laughs> that was a theory. I don't know. I don't want to know. No, let's not go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> let's do the mailbag instead. Eon, you got us some messages. Right. Here's I do. The I got stuff. Makes me want to wag my tail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First, I just want to thank Smokin for her art on Tumblr, and thanks for listening. Oh, um, yeah. She's just started listening to her podcast, so thank you for the art and thanks for listening. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, we got a love note from Kama. No. Yeah. <laughs> salty, salty <laughs> love note. <laughs> yeah. It says, wow, an episode of Game of Thrones that didn't totally suck. Who knew that could happen? While there are things that bugged, Littlefinger apparently managing to hide an entire army from Ramsay Stew. You're in Greyjoy making a call to his people to go chop down trees and make ships and weave flax sails so they can have a fleet for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and the continued idiocy of Tormund's unwanted attentions towards Brienne. I enjoyed most of it. I actually found Danny kind of watchable. Maybe them putting her in black is like Deanna Troy being allowed to wear a Starfleet uniform or Riker's beard. <laughs> My most favorite part was when Sansa made matching outfits for her and John, which I have to give them props for. <laughs> totally something Sansa would do. Anyhow, can't wait to hear your take on it all and know you will not disappoint. 
crew and Mercedes' lives. That is some, like, glowing praise from Kama. I found Danny watchable. (laughs) Watchable. (laughs) I didn't want to tear my eyes out when Danny was on the screen. (laughs) Good job. Right? (laughs) I thought her wig wasn't bad this this episode, Her hair looked fantastic this episode. It did, right? (laughs) I really liked Amelia Clark acting in this one. It was very, like, subtle. Yeah. We got a tweet from God of Mischief that says, so if Bran worked into the podcast mine, <laughs> would you be called Clodor? Yes. <laughs> it's almost like Clitor. <laughs> <Yeah>. So yes. <laughs> Hasn't it been weird this week to see like the door, 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 like door everywhere in tandem with Game of Thrones though, because at first I always think people are talking about us, and then they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been wonderful, like uh, a wonderful way to promote ourselves off of it, to play off of it, and we've shamelessly done that. No apologies. (laughs) When I say we, I mean Guile. Uh, our next one is from Argus Star, and it says, I get where you you guys are coming from in terms of disagreeing with my previous statement about Brian not gloating over killing someone. My problem is I keep having problems compartmentalizing between the show and the books. I keep expecting, hoping that characters will suddenly turn into their proper book counterparts, and I keep being disappointed in the show for not complying. I mean, Jamie should have have his beard of spite and be thoroughly done with Cersei rather than being her poodle. Brienne should have her compassion and heroism rather than openly open, openly gloating over killing a foe to the man she meant the most to. And that's not what the show was giving me, so of course I'm disappointed. And am I the only one who feels that way? Um, hmm. I don't know. I think you just you really do got to just keep compartmentalizing with the show. Yeah, I mean, you just got to shove it down yeah, deep, like an obsidian exactly. blade in your heart. <laughs> I think like it, it's about whether or not the characters on the show are consistent to their prior characterization. So Brienne has always kind of been a harsher, harder character than she is in the books. Cersei's always been nicer. Um, you know, the problem with Jamie is more that rational. he, yeah, more rational. So that's a good word. You know, the problem with Jamie specifically is that he's been written back and forth. So there isn't consistency, and I think that's what is frustrating there. And I feel like, and I hate to say something's not a valid criticism, because of course, you know, it all is. But um, you can't compartmentalize Jamie. He's he's not consistent in the show version, so it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. In order for me to get any sort of enjoyment from the show, I've pretty much had to... I've had I try to divorce myself from book and show. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's the only way. To. I mean, yeah, because I, mean, yeah. I understand her sentiment, you know, totally, like what she's saying. Yeah. It's hard, you know, when you're so attached to characters, you know, in the books or any book, really. I mean, yeah. To see them. Especially when they're your favorite yeah, character. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. he's a lot of people's favorite characters. That's why there's a lot of um, yeah. unhappiness. Yeah. All right. So our next one is from... Um, Niche Street. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. That's how oh, I said titled, it. Last oh week. my god, you guys! I know, right? Um, you actually redid your intro. Hot damn! I love you even. <laughs> I love you more every time. Heart, heart, heart. Aww. <laughs> 
Oh, let's see. We have um, I we got an email from Lady Warblade Angel, and I selected a a couple highlights, some choice cuts from her email. And um, she goes, "Oh my God, no one is allowed to abandon ship. I will sing White Flag by Dido. I swear to God, Christ, <laughs> I refuse to abandon the ship. I personally think that Brian has no interest in Tormund." He might be digging on her, but I don't think she has any interest in Torment at all. Maybe I should write that fic. Torment trying to steal Brienne, but it would only turn crack crack fic after a while. I need to think about it, lol. Although she had a strange what-the-fuck look on her face when Torment was eyeing her up at dinner. I really just don't think it would work. I need Jamie to come and save Brienne from the awkward... From the awkward, lol. Oh, God, Podrick, I can just imagine it. He's so sweet. He's, like, so tiny compared to Tormund. I can imagine how that conversation would go. Pod, don't give my lady funny looks. Tormund, you realize there are wildlings that would eat little boys like you for breakfast, right? (laughs) Pod says, I don't care. I must offend, sir, my lady's honor. Because we all know Pod would do that. He's just too sweet and loyal. Oh my god, what if Podrick sends a raven to Jamie? How would that go? <laughs> <laughs> to Lord Commanders. He could draw a picture, Tormund. <laughs> Here, this is what you have to work against. <laughs> Okay, let's see. <laughs> Two Lord Commanders to Jamie Lannister, Red Keep, King's Landing, Westeros. Um, Sir Jamie, you need to come and rescue Sir My Lady because a wildling man keeps making eyes at her at dinner. Podrick. I, I can also imagine Jamie's thought process. Wait a sec. It's my job to make eyes at Brienne. I love Tormund as a character, but I just don't want Tormund and Brienne to become a ship. D&D... Are ruining my image of things. Sigh. Far too late for that. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, Tripod is like a sex god in the show, so all he would have to do is whip it out, and Tormund would be like, All right, I'm impressed by the size of your manhood. Oh my god, <laughs> my kids are going to throttle you. <laughs> what are you doing? Because <laughs> that's all Tormund really cares about, is the size of other dude's dicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys don't... It, Br- when Bran first met Jamie, she, like, hated him. She, she was not into it at all, and, and so it's kind of a parallel. If this does become a thing, hypothetically, um, Bran no. is, is starting in a similar situation where she is not um, open to his advances, where, like, Jamie was making jokes at her and, and he and she was just like stonewalling him. But Jamie wasn't making advances at her. Oh there but there there were like, you know, uh Oh yeah, he was making comments. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I like I, what's the line? I'm strong enough or I'm big enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was definitely the the <laughs> it, it was <laughs> Not so gonna it, happen. Stop yeah. trying to make Brienne and Tormund happen. It's just not gonna happen. She I'm just liked him. Lady Warblade's line in her letter where she said that Brienne is not into it at all. I'm just saying she wasn't into it with with Jamie either. So that's not a very um, convincing argument against um, what what are we calling it? G- giants wench wench mm-hmm. wenchbane. <laughs> well, maybe if she travels and undergoes a life-changing experience with Tormund where he reveals, like, the depths of his soul and character to her, 
maybe she'll be into him. (laughs) That would actually be kind of funny. I'd kind of want to read that. (laughs) (laughs) There'd be like no depth to his soul. It would just be like, you know, buttons. (laughs) I think if I totally eradicate like Book Brienne from my mind. Like I can in no way imagine Book Brienne with Book Tormund. I, I like. I think yeah, I, I can. I could totally see. I can see as much as I don't agree with it. I can see I the agree. appeal of it. Like I can see where people could see it. It's funny. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's amusing. It's funny it's, in a show of never-ending horror. You know. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah. as soon as soon as the words "wet baby seal" comes out of his lips, <laughs> Brienne <laughs> is piecing out. Okay? <laughs> 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 he was he was being very obnoxious. In in he put it in a very um abrasive way, but it was you know kind of good advice that he was trying to it give was good advice i'll give him that but i don't think brand's gonna be into that kind of language <laughs> well i mean maybe he wouldn't talk that way to a lady right because he or, knows or he will oh i think he's been totally deferential to her <laughs> are we still talking about this for real is, is there another letter oh. well, lady blade also says i've got to admit that you guys get the best mail it cracks me up and she says i need to track down whoever is making bad reviews to you guys i need to murder them how well, no, dare they suggest that you guys are terrible i need to find shaggy dog and have him rip them apart do not endorse violence of any kind against bad reviewers. You guys are feeding trolls. Don't do it. Don't. Don't. Oh. don't. Thank you, Lady Blade. I really enjoy your emails. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think that the trolls listen this far in either so right it sounds like they turn us off after like five minutes according to the review <laughs> they don't hear anything anyway it's a good point well uh, i guess what what i'm what i'm thinking is when you when you read a, a bad review on the podcast it's kind of like an invitation for more people to hey if i write a bad review then maybe they'll read it live on the podcast as well and that's so a good point. It, it's just like that's what i meant by so don't feed yeah. the troll oh, i mean gosh. let's be clear clear though we read every review so you don't right. have to write a better at what point does it stop though you know <laughs> it's like if you do get really ridiculous ones at what point no i mean you know and i can only say fuck that guy so many ways before it gets boring <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's just you know like uh, remember the compliments and forget the insults yeah. there's no need to dwell on negative feedback if it's especially if it's non-constructive yeah that's they're, true they're that's wrong true. i'm right fuck them i don't dwell <laughs> next message <laughs> let's see allison westero says i really enjoy everything you do and thank you so much for making this podcast also lot is a fabulous moderator and all your recent guests have been great if i wasn't too much of a scaredy cat i'd consider coming on maybe down the line Oh, and if I ever figure out how to leave an iTunes review, I had issues with logins, usernames, (laughs) multiple devices, and just issues in general. I will, and I'll give you ten stars out of five. Lots of love. Aw, thank you. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. We'll hold that one in our hearts. (laughs) Like an obsidian blade being shoved into our (laughs) chest. We got an anon that says, looking forward to see if this week, 
um, there will be the hold the if this week will be the hold the door podcast instead, and I think Lot delivered. You're welcome. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yes. you're welcome. <laughs> Happy to do so. I, what's funny is I made that joke. Like I typed in Skype to the group. You know, I think I should call it hold the door and come here. Like maybe a minute after watching it. <laughs> yeah, after me and Girl are crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that the last one, Eon? Like, yeah. We got uh, Lady, let's see, I Heart Dramas? We got uh, I Heart yeah. Dramas, our last guest. Says, hey, ladies, while I was so happy with all the Stark sibling reunion feels this episode, you know it's going to get serious when the squad wears matching outfits. <laughs> I'm also happily sailing the SS Ginger Tark. Ahoy, mateys. No. Ginger Tark. <laughs> yeah. With the reveal of Bran's time-warpy powers, could he end up being his own great ancestor, Bran the Builder, like some fans are speculating? Mm-hmm. If so, this if so, then my brain hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> One more crack theory to, to add to the skyscraper tall, Paul. What? Wouldn't he have to be good at building things for that theory to stand up? I've never seen Bran build anything. Well, he could uh, just insert the magic part of the building like maybe the actual brand the builder um pre skin change is good at building and then brand skin changes into him in order to bring the magic part of uh, the wall and storm's end yeah, yeah an okay. old man's always mixing all the brands up so in her mind so they mm-hmm. say <laughs> okay Um, She says, keep up the good work, and thank you so much for inviting me last week. You always make me feel so welcome, even when all I want to have is shipping on my mind. Never change. (laughs) Thank you, Chala. (laughs) And we got one more from Attention Deficit Aptitude. And they say, I ship John Sanza and Brianne Torman so hard right now. (laughs) Forget about Larry, Brianne. Hop on that ginger beard and go to Pound Town. I'm not not jumping ship. I just want her to get some love while we wait for Larry. Uh, Wait until Larry comes to his senses. And I've shipped John Sansa for so long, so their scenes are warming my cold, dead heart. Also, if you guys still want new guests, I'd be happy to disagree with you about fight choreography in person. I promise I'll agree with you about other things, too. Smiley face. Guys, guys, why is incest okay? Why is it okay? I don't know. Why is incest okay? Who said incest was okay? Well, they're cousins. The, uh, John Sansa. Um... Well, that that's not. It's like half incest. But when you grow <laughs> when you grow up together, it is sort of assumed to be incest yeah. if you were raised together. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying George is really <laughs> fucked up, and this is originally yes. what that outlined. Okay. <laughs> not condoning I, it. I, I meant I meant okay from a shipping perspective. Like if you if you're oh. shipping, <laughs> um, oh, no. family members yeah. together. Wrong room, man. I'm not on board that train. <laughs> I mean, there's. I mean, given all of Sansa's like various romantic choices, I mean, John is not. You know, John's near the top of the heap. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not like a testament to John. It's a testament to the shitty well, people. I'm just saying, I can understand. With. Like they're turning to their cousins because there's literally no one else. Uh, yeah. There's not a lot left. 
Well, it's not cousin. That, that's assuming that R plus L equals J is true, which I'm not saying it isn't, but it's just like we d- we don't have a hundred percent confirmation yet on that. They they could be actually half siblings. I mean, they weren't close as children, so it's probably okay. <laughs> Oh my god. No. <laughs> How far have we come? <laughs> Let myself. <laughs> on that happy note, let's, um, if you'd like to send us some messages or some ways to do so, you can reach us at uh, close the door and at gmail.com, close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, iTunes, and on google music make sure you subscribe and like and review and all that fun stuff um support us on patreon it helps take the edge off some of these fees for podcasting um i want to thank wantkins who sat in with us tonight wonderful as always wanty you're welcome the real dagger dragon glass was in our heart all along (laughs) (laughs) thank you panel you guys rock and, and you rock too. Thank you, Eon. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. I'm no longer holding the door. I'm closing it. Get out. <laughs>